and welcome to the Soul Full of It podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Raquel. On today's episode, I'm joined by Andreas and Uni as we dive into the astrology and tarot of November 2019. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes and share it out with your networks. All right, let's jump into this. Thanks, guys, for joining me. So great to have you back. Thank you. So good to be here yet again. Yeah, always looking forward to it. So we've got a lot of fun astrological events taking place this month. We just ended October with Mercury retrograde beginning in Scorpio. So that's kind of setting the tone of where we're at and how we're communicating with each other Mm. and going over what we learned last month in more of a transformational lens of understanding. Definitely. I think I recall... That last episode, I was trying to explain the energies of the months in their transition, starting off as being like a pass of the baton, you know, and so all that deep healing, all those deeper things that were coming up last month for us, I think are really helping pave the way for this new curiosity that emerges in the month of November. Yeah, as we're wrapping up the Jupiter and Sagittarius transit that's been going on all year as well. So there's been this powerful Sagittarius energy. It's been a very social year for me. And I think a lot of folks have been out and about making shift happen in their lives. And on the very first day of November, we have Venus, the planet of love, connection, relationships, entering Sagittarius. And Sagittarius is a very adventurous sign that seeks knowledge and seeks uh, some sort of understanding for the world through their experiences. And so it's it's kind of that energy where like you're very receptive to hearing about new things and you want to learn new things, but you don't very easily just take it for what it is when it comes to words. You actually want the experience and you want to feel it within your own body so that you could actually go out into the world with that curiosity. So that deep transformational month we just had um, is setting us up for a really adventurous time right now. And uh, that Scorpio season wants us to dig deeper and get into the depths, kind of like it's a water sign, right? So like, mm-hmm. imagine yourself being in a river waiting. Maybe there's some waves coming through or some animals, some sea animals. Wait, hold on. We're in a river, not the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wherever the fuck you are imagining that you are, I'm in a river with fucking sea animals, okay? Because my river is magical AF. So in my magical river, the water's getting a little higher because I'm getting deeper into Scorpio season, and I'm like, this shit's dark. I don't know if I'm prepared for this, but... When I look up and I see how beautiful the night sky is and the stars, that's that Sagittarius energy being like, this too shall pass. Mm. And if you are willing to go through the water, you'll reap the rewards that Sagittarius season wants to give to us. But I don't want to jump too far into the Sagittarius energy because I do think there still is this powerful focus on Scorpio, especially because Mercury has spent so much time and is in that sign. And I looked at the transits to see when was the last time that we had Mercury in Scorpio? And we actually started out the year of 2019 mm. with Mercury in Scorpio as well, which is interesting. Wow. Kind mm. of bringing us back to like what seeds were we planting in the new year? Maybe they were like New Year's resolutions. Mm. And where are we now? How are we processing that? Right. Mercury has also, it's in that retrograde phase too. So retrograde again is a time for not just communication, but for information, processing information. 
retrograde phases give you the opportunity to look a little bit deeper at things before you feel the need to have to relay any messages. Because how can you really relay anything if you haven't had the time to really sit with it? And sometimes that pressure of feeling like you need to know what your response is going to be can really throw you off your game, especially during a retrograde phase. It's uh, really good to be able to sit with it and realize that maybe the reason why you don't have an answer is not because you don't know it, but because you're trying to create the space for that answer to emerge into something more meaningful or more relatable to you. And it's funny, I was hearing you talk about the water and stuff. It's like, yeah, for sure, Scorpio is deep and it could be scary. And you're just like, holy crap, am I about to drown right now? But you kind of <laughs> look up and you realize like, wow, I have the strength to rise to that surface. And as soon as I do, yeah, this water's cold. Yeah, this water seems dark. You know, I sat with this long enough, I think, to be able to process that. Hopefully you created the space for you to do that integral work and create the space for your friends and your partners and your family members to meet you in that space and it's like as you're swimming to the surface you can see the sun through the water and as soon as you hit that water and your head is above it you feel the sun shining on you and that's that Sagittarius energy coming through mm-hmm. you know the light the mm. reminder that there is goodness to depth yes and to not be afraid to to dive into that and it being Scorpio season you really can't avoid the deeper, darker shadow self, shadow side truths and conversations that come up. And it's kind of funny how we have the holiday season kind of kicks off with November. As soon as Halloween's over, we're like out with the dead shit, in mm-hmm. with the jolly. Let's all get so jolly. <laughs> Somebody much. hand me some eggnog. Mm-hmm. Like, Where are my gifts? <laughs> what a distraction that is to the deep work that Scorpio presents us with. Mm-hmm. We don't need to be focused on go out, go to the, all the parties, like drink all the eggnog. I don't like, think I sound like I'm obsessed with eggnog right now. <laughs> Does anybody have any fucking eggnog? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't even drink eggnog, but yeah, I'm a star. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this huge focus on like jolly, jolly, jolly and bye, bye, bye consumerism. If you love someone, show them, buy things, bring them gifts. But really, if you love someone, dive deep and have the tough, fierce conversations. Mm. One of the guiding quotes for this podcast if you didn't listen to the very first episode you will be hearing it for the first time from me comes from a book by susan scott it's called fierce conversations and the quote is all conversations are with ourselves and some conversations involve other people and to me that's very much a scorpio and mercury retrograde thought to ponder because if you're having a conversation with someone and they want to go to the depths of that ocean that you're in or river looks different for everybody if you're afraid to go to that depth, that's because you're afraid to have that conversation with yourself. I love that you had like worked with that imagery of the being on the water and like taking that deep dive inward. Because for the month I had ended up pulling three cards and this is going to be tied into every aspect that we're seeing. I feel like the main card that I had like pulled has its main focus on that. So what was the card that you pulled? I pulled the King of Cups for the month and it actually has that imagery he's sitting on top of a throne on top of the water it really much is about that being level-headed being able to like understand those deeper emotions within yourself but also having the mental clarity to be compassionate with yourself and others and how you keep your emotions balanced yeah and cups suit is about emotional stability or has a lot to do with our emotional state right yes so if you're the king of cups then you're in a position of power over your emotions. Exactly. 
think I've recently read something similar to that that said being in control of your emotions is not allowing your emotions to control you. Ooh. And it's like a, a self-mastery because, you know, to tie in what you were saying before, when you really love someone, yeah, sure, you can like buy them things and whatever. But to be able to hold that space with them, to have these fierce conversations, you're actually giving the best gift of life, which is the ability to heal, the ability to do something that seemingly can be uncomfortable and then proving to yourself and allowing for someone to gain that experience of mastering their own emotions to embrace something that doesn't have to be scary. And even though Scorpio season can have a lot of associations to that dark, the mystery, it's like that one time of the year that it's the most appropriate to be able to do that. You spend most of the year in this adventurous, fun, wanting to go out, wanting to be social, kind of a, a vibe and then you start to go to the depths of your inner emotions and processing all these things and then come november it's like there you go you have a whole chunk of time that you've sat with to be able to move forward with that confidence that you have sat with your emotions long enough to have more insight and even if you don't have full control over them or mastery over them just your acknowledgement of it and your awareness of it is bringing you that much closer to be able to enjoy that and enjoy that space. And what better way to be presented with opportunities to face some of the triggering, harder conversations with other people than November, which propels us into, quote, the holiday season, right? Because mm. this is a time period when people start spending more time with family. And I love my family. They're wonderful. Shout out to my family if you're listening. Mm -hmm. Also, families are triggering as fuck, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you spend enough time with any of your family members and you're like, holy shit. I, I've never loved and hated someone so much in my life. Mm. Sometimes. It depends on the family member, of course, and the relationship. But it also brings back, oh, that's who I was when I was a child and how you knew me. Mm. And this is how I've grown. And having that fierce conversation and even like correcting your family on who you are. A lot of people go into Thanksgiving, for instance, that holiday with a lot of fear mm. because they're going to have to sit at a table with people who maybe don't even acknowledge their identity. Mm. And I, I hear a lot about that. And then we have depression come up in these tougher subjects for people because at least in the northern hemisphere, it's getting darker. It's getting colder. We're bundling up. But are you bundled up and hiding from yourself? Yeah, <laughs> from yeah. yourself, from your own warmth, from your opportunity to present teachable moments to the people that love you the most, to allow them to see yeah. the depth of who you really are. Yeah. Which is such Scorpio energy. Yeah. Well, it offers you an opportunity as well to kind of get to the root of that. Like, what is it that's really triggering you? And sitting with it is what's going to give you the foresight to be able to like look at it. And acknowledging that you are the king of your cups. You are the king of your emotions. You are the executor of your heart. You are the CEO of whoever you are, mm. right? You make the moves for yourself to move forward. So if you're sitting at that table come that time of this year and you're feeling triggered or upset, you can reel that back in. Mm. You can say, wait, wait a second. I was imagining myself in a river and now this is a motherfucking tsunami. <laughs> and guess what? Now I'm in a house. <laughs> Take yourself out of it. Put yourself where you want to be mm -hmm. in that moment emotionally yeah and i want to acknowledge the importance and just the awareness that comes with dealing with hard emotions you know i know for a lot of people this time of the year can be very triggering and with that i want to say that being triggered is actually a very insightful opportunity for you to experience and try to understand some of what it is that you're feeling being triggered and and feeling like the need to 
get recluse a little bit with yourself doesn't have to have such a negative association to it. We're allowing ourselves the opportunity to step into this space to heal things that we would otherwise not know needed some healing had we not been triggered by it. So acknowledge that. Be patient with yourself. Love yourself. You know, have compassion for yourself. I think sometimes it can be a little easy to possibly forgive other people for maybe doing something that hurt your feelings because you love them and you know that they didn't mean any ill harm and you can be there for them. But sometimes when you disappoint yourself, it can be so easy to be hard on yourself as well and and kind of beat yourself up for that and sit with it long enough to be ashamed or resentful or embarrassed that you're feeling certain emotions. But that is what Scorpio season teaches us. It's that we are going to feel emotions. We are human. That is our ability to connect with other people. And if you allow yourself that time to sit with yourself and nurture yourself, you are filling mm. your own cup. You are allowing your cups to be filled so that you can then very well share and help fill the cups of others by providing them the opportunity to love themselves more because you're supporting that. Mm. Yeah. Powerful. You look at the yin yang and the symbol itself, there is that balance. And when you focus so much on, on the light of what's going on within you and with other people, it's a beautiful thing. You're acknowledging beauty, you're acknowledging strength. And when the dark stuff comes up or the shadows come up, reminding yourself that you are that light that's sitting within that dark. You are the one that's gonna allow for your environment to brighten up because you're bringing yourself wholly to the situation. Mm. You're trying to be full within yourself and you're taking accountability for that. So that's why I, I love sharing that importance of embracing the shadows because the shadows give us insight on how we can show up with more light for ourselves and for others, especially when they're triggering us. There is that shadow side of Scorpio that, yes, can be a little vindictive, can be a little protective of your emotional energy. And it's because ultimately what you're looking for is emotional security. So if you feel like you're being met with some sort of resistance or friction, of course, you can give into it and try to be volatile and give it right back and almost give off this bitter sort of idea that you're trying to get even. But the best way, I think, to get past getting even is just being humble. Mm. And so yeah. recognizing that volatile energy when it's being presented is a beautiful opportunity for you to heal that and break those cycles and help someone else possibly break a cycle that they don't even know they've been sitting with for so long. And how do you do that? You do that with love. You do that with compassion. You do it by being humble and you do it by being vulnerable and you let the other person know, Hey, you know what you said kind of made me feel this way. Can we talk about that? And you're allowing the opportunity for that person to want to step into that. And if they don't, then you can very much acknowledge that and still hold space for them so that they can learn to break the cycle when it's their time to do it. But ultimately, we are available and able to look at our own inner cycles and patterns and want to break those patterns for ourselves so that we can move more graciously into what's to come ahead. Yeah. And with the Venus being in Sagittarius right off the bat, the beginning of November, even though I know a lot of people get scared about Mercury retrograde and then you add that it's a Mercury retrograde in Scorpio and people start being like, oh, God, now I'm going to have to face all the shadow self and how I communicate to others might be harder because it's in Scorpio. And I, I don't even know what that means. If you're not a Scorpio, you might be like less familiar with that energy and the power that of healing that exists within the Scorpio energy from looking and inviting the darkness to have a seat at the table mm. to join the conversation. And Venus being in Sagittarius is like 
you know what? You can love the adventure of it. Yeah. You can lean into the journey of it and know mm. that there is so much knowledge for you to extract yes. out of the depth mm. of the water that you're wading through. And I love the imagery of the scorpion, which is the symbol that we most of us are familiar with when you think of the Scorpio sign and you think of Scorpio season and folks are like afraid of scorpions because they have venom because they're able and equipped to protect themselves like you were saying but that's not the only symbol that exists for scorpios right there's some stages to that the first tier of that stage is the scorpion is realizing that we are on this earthly plane and sometimes that protective energy that we have gives us insight on the importance of what it is that we're protecting so there is an ability to understand that and realize that perhaps it is your ego that is causing you to want to flare up and sting your tail up so that you let your environment know that you're feeling sensitive. You don't necessarily have to actually sting anyone. You can use that awareness to realize that you're feeling a little vulnerable. And again, rising from that stage, you get to the second tier, which is the eagle. And the eagle soars and sees things from a bird's eye perspective and is able to still move graciously through the times, through the changes, through the air by having that awareness and realizing that you don't have to just settle for a vindictive nature. And ultimately, that last stage, that last third tier is the phoenix rising from the ashes that has burned through all of those cycles and has broken all those patterns and is able to rise above all the challenges to then just be this warmth, be this light, be this fire, this passion that complements that water energy. Because of all the three, Scorpio is that water sign that is extremely passionate and that passion can be misinterpreted, but that passion could also be tweaked and enhanced to kind of just come from a space of more love and compassion. And then you look at Sagittarius, it's the next sign. So it makes sense that Scorpio has this harmony and balance with fire. It's like the fiery water. It's like mm. boiling water. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I could completely forget that Scorpio is water because it's so intense and so passionate and so creative that I sometimes just also think it's a fire sign in my head even though I know that's not the case. So the Phoenix is so beautiful, the imagery of that to help us lean into like going into the depth takes you down to a lower place, which means that you have further to rise, which means you have more to learn mm. from going down deeper and how much more can you bring to your own self, but also to your community and to the people that you love. And if you are going into the holiday season with any, fear or shame or guilt or anger or frustration or for not nervousness being, yeah, not being understood or not feeling seen or mm. not feeling heard that there are ways for you to communicate your truth and be okay with the other person maybe not fully receiving it and like just the fact that you brought it and put it on the table that you're planting that seed that over time that can grow for mm. them to understand because the reality is that people don't change overnight mm. not often do we have one conversation that changes a person entirely mm. but one conversation can change everything because over time that conversation continues right yeah and what is life but just a series of fucking conversations right mm -hmm. and associations of things that we are either wanting to emerge from or let go of i'm curious about the cards that you drew uni with what we've been discussing and as far as like the supporting cards that you have 
how you would maybe relate the energies of that Scorpio and the deep waters and the passion to what we're looking forward to in this month right now of November with the adventurousness and the curiosity of just wanting to continue to grow and expand. Mm. Good. Well, the Queen of Rods was what I picked as a supporting role for that. For the King of Cups? Yes, exactly. So we have like the Queen of Rods, and I feel like that energy in itself, it's kind of looking into that shadow work, like taking a look at it, figuring out how you can take from that and use that to empower yourself, to allow you to move like boldly in confidence in your own truth, because in order for you to really use that transformative energy for your best uh, interest, you need to be able to extract the information that comes from that so that you can know yourself, know where your boundaries are, like be able to like hold your ground. And I think that's a, a step that you need to have in order to really have the driving motivation to put it into action. Yeah, and I love what you just said about boundaries. I think that really comes up for Scorpio season a lot for folks. If you haven't shown someone where the boundary is and communicated it to them, how can you get upset with them for crossing it? Mm. So with Mercury being retrograde, giving the, us this opportunity to review all the other retrogrades that we had throughout the year, which were also in water signs, right? So it's been a very emotional year for reviewing how are you communicating and interacting with people? What are those boundaries? And mm. have you defined them? Mm. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's a sensitivity thing too. Again, going back to the Scorpio vibe of of wanting to be protective of your emotional body, it is because what you are hoping for and seeking for, maybe even on a subconscious level, is emotional security. Mm. And so this past month was probably uh, a challenging time for many people because our sensitivity increases. We're aware of our environments, we're aware of the people that are in our lives and the roles that they play and it can be a very touchy time for you to maybe misread something or take something the wrong way and again unless we're allowing ourselves the confidence and the ability to entertain the idea of opening that space up with our closest friends i mean those could be the people that are allowing you the ability to practice that and so we're all creating that collectively it's like we're allowing the healing to happen on the micro by looking closer at our closer relationships and then allowing that to ripple out into the universe with the macro and and allowing for that to be the new foundation of what clear communication can be and what better way to do that than to start practicing with your loved ones and with your friends and your roommates and i mean i've had some awesome conversations recently with my roommate with my friends I've been seeing patterns of things just like happening simultaneously within other people's lives. And a lot of people are going through a lot. Some of my friends, maybe three or four of them had all had some recent roommate situations that were not causing for peace and harmony to reign in their homes. And I'm really proud of all of my friends on the way that they handled it all. I think they were all able to see the volatile energy that could have been. And they chose to rise above it like the Phoenix to just remove themselves from the situation and try to open up the conversations of creating peace and harmony. And if that didn't work out, they didn't allow for that to make them bitter and move forward with that resentment. They were able to recognize the space that they're trying to create for this new foundation. And now they're working towards creating that in another environment with possible new roommates or new friendships. And I support that. You know, mm -hmm. I'm really proud of them all. Yeah, and Scorpio season is 
ruled by the death card, which wasn't a card that we pulled for this specific podcast episode. But I do want to bring up the symbolism of death and rebirth that takes place in Scorpio season. So that sounds to me like a lot of folks who are having some doors that are closing in their lives and they're not dwelling on what's closed and what is or what was. They're dreaming about what can be and where we're headed. And that is us going, okay, we're only in Scorpio season for this long. And then we get to be into the Sagittarius energy, which is lighter, right? I love that you brought up that example because I've also heard similar things with folks coming up against some really intense turbulence and then making the emotionally mature decision for themselves to go, you know what? That's your shit and it's not my shit. And I can discern between those two things. And I'm not going to sit here and judge you or make your shit any worse, but I am going to recognize that it is your shit mm-hmm. because I don't need your shit fucking up my shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we can coexist and this is this is all a clap. I always say that to some of my really close friends. I'll say this is a clap and then I clap. <laughs> That's a clap. That's how a lot of things happen in our lives. Right. It's like we're here right now putting together this episode then we won't be together after you know after this for the rest of the day it's such a clap so for us to lean into what is the beauty here even though this sucks i like that because i hear the word clap and in my mind i guess i interpret that as like how can i make that clap a high five even if Ooh. it's just a quick acknowledgement of like Yo, you know i see where you're at but high five you do you mm. i'm gonna go this way we'll we'll, uh, we'll hold space and maybe it's not a clap maybe it's just a fist pump and you're just like acknowledging the fact that you're gonna cross paths with certain people that might trigger you you might be a trigger to them too i mean let's be real we all get triggered and so again that acknowledgement of it and then choosing to rise above it and still hold that compassion can be a very quick high five see you later maybe not wish you the best Mm. but that is a lot of that death and rebirth energy and letting yourself know that what you're letting go of you're doing it for your highest self not so that you're doing it so that you can make someone else recognize the pain or the hurt that they caused you i mean you can very openly discuss it but ultimately people are going to learn on their times and they're going to have their opportunities to sit with their own recap of life and what better way than to just hold space for them and and wish them love Mm. i like that like all of that because i feel it also ties into the next card that i had pulled for the month as well and it's the nine of pentacles I totally feel that when just like in this moving situation was it roommates needing to find a new place. These people, they recognize that, yeah, this is not my shit that I'm being confronted with, but they also like didn't engage with the energy. Instead they did, they took the higher road and did whatever they needed for themselves. And that is also like being self-sufficient, knowing how to like bring that energy back to yourself and going forward and doing what you need to get done in order to create it instead of like wallowing with it or trying to like fix it, trying to make it better. And if, if somebody's not going to meet you in the middle, then it's a waste of your time. Just wish them well and move on with your life. And put yourself in places that feel harmonious. Lean into the energy that supports the dreams that you have and the rebirth that you're going through and the darkness that lives within you that you have or are in the process of acknowledging. Mm. There's a lot of minor aspects this month that are also in their own right very powerful before the full moon in Taurus which is going to take place on Tuesday the 12th. The day leading up to that, which is Veterans Day, the Mm. 11th, 
we have the sun in Scorpio, of course, forming a conjunction with Mercury, which is retrograde also in Scorpio. So it's a very powerful alignment day. And a conjunction essentially means that these two planets, I mean, the sun's not technically a planet if you want to be specific, <laughs> but um, these quote planets, the sun and Mercury are exactly in alignment. So they're working together that day before the full moon in Taurus in support of the full moon, which is, if you think about the full moon, it's fully bright. It illuminates everything. A full moon in Scorpio season might be like the sun shining on you wading through the water and you look around in the water, whether it's the river or the ocean, wherever the fuck you are <laughs> in this meditative metaphor that I've created. And then you realize there's some fucking trash in this water. And it's I murky. Right. Mm -hmm. I could just be upset that there's also trash here because I thought I was in some like wonderland. But mm, no, there's some trash here and I could just ignore it and move through it and leave the trash there and shoot the poisonous venom. Or I could take this opportunity to gather the trash and clean out the water as I go through it and leave it better than wh where it was when I came mm -hmm. to. Mm. full moons are always my favorite time of the month <laughs> i think uh they just like you said you know when the moon is bright it illuminates certain things that in the beginning of the month you're just kind of like man what's going on i'm trying to make sense of this this is all interesting whatever just keep going just keep going and then by the time the full moon comes it's like oh wow okay i see why that had to happen because it brought me to this point whether it be that that point is a, a new environment or just even a new gained perspective or insight this taurus scorpio polarity again every month that we are in the full moon will be in its opposing sign and as far as astrology is concerned the first six signs those are more personal signs whereas the last six signs of astrology are more universal so the fact that there are six in both and a number of 12 in total gives you a balance of polarities and differences and that's why every full moon the main thing that gets brought up is the relationship between self and other and scorpio being what is ruling the sun right now that energy about the self goes to protection protecting your heart protecting your emotional body wanting security wanting that space like you said to find with others that support the healing that support the sensitivities and with it opposing the moon and taurus it's like taurus is literally the opposite in the sense where taurus is very i'm gonna go at my pace i'm gonna do this with my time mm. i'm gonna enjoy the journey while i get there and i'm gonna enjoy the finer things in life I'm going to enjoy the five senses and you want that joy of just feeling warm and cuddly and cozy. And so there's this like opposition there where part of you wants to dig deep and, and figure out everything because you feel the healing needs to happen. And then Taurus is there to remind you like, hey, go at your pace. It's OK. Enjoy the process as it's happening. And it's OK to slow down. It's OK to enjoy the finer things in life that happen. Just like walking down the block and seeing the birds chirp and watching that sunshine break through the clouds. Those are little things that you can take time to appreciate on a daily basis that don't have to have such a dramatic definition other than just the presence. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you think about it, if we have the full moon in Taurus, then we know that it's opposite the sun in Scorpio. And what else is in Scorpio right now? Mercury is retrograde in Scorpio. So we have an opposition. And that in astrology is, think about things being opposite each other, right? It can create tension. If you ever spend time with somebody who you think to yourself, this person's the exact opposite of me, you know, say, what do you want to eat? And I'm, <laughs> it's me. I'm like, can I have a burrito, please? <laughs> On brand. Um, and then the other person's like, well, I would actually rather have Korean food today. And it's just such a totally different taste. And you're like, oh, man, could that taste delicious? Do I want to go have that? Do I want to try something that I don't normally go for? Like, fuck yes. This is an opportunity, right? Mm. So that opposition, it can be tension because you can be like, no, we don't want the same things. But it's like, are you both hungry? Then actually you do both want the same thing. Yeah. You both want to eat, mm-hmm. but yeah. you just have different taste. And if we say no to other people's tastes, we're saying no to ourselves having the opportunity to taste something different. Mm. It's like a midway point. I see that tension or that opposition, especially during the full moon, as almost being like an opportunity for collaboration. Yeah. And so it's like instead of focusing on how opposite things are, how different they are, trying to find the midpoint where you can connect with that person in your opposite gives you so much insight on you because you're like, wow, I would have never really thought of that. But I'm glad you're bringing that perspective because it's literally the complete opposite of what I would have thought. Let's meet halfway. And it's so funny as you were talking about the food yeah. and you were like, I want a burrito. And then what did you say the other person wanted? I can't remember. I said Korean, Korean food because I like never eat Korean <laughs> right. food. My sister loves Korean food. So how, I feel like it was like her thing growing up. So I like never ate it. How cool would it be though? If you're like, you know what? Let's just cook at home and make Korean burritos. Like, oh let's my try God. something yes. new. Have you guys heard about the sushi burritos? Yeah, that's like it's a, a thing. thing. You look it up. That's a thing. Probably because <laughs> someone was like, I want a burrito. And someone was like, I want sushi. And then they were like, sushi burrito. Exactly. And then it was born. I don't know if those are actually good. I've never had one, but now I They're kind actually of, pretty bomb. Yeah. I kind of need one now. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're pretty good. Especially I'm going to have that with my ones. eggnog because that just sounds super Ooh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure you have the next day off just in case. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I like, make myself sick because I'm like, I'm going to be adventurous i'm gonna be adventurous my sagittarius it's like well venus is in sagittarius right now so (laughs) you know what i would really love is to go on an adventure that includes foods that may not be complimentary (laughs) that's my backfire so i was also noticing how interesting that we started off the month with venus entering sagittarius after it was in deep passionate scorpio which Mm. you know i don't know how many people can relate but usually with venus involving relationships and stuff in Scorpio, it brings up a lot of emotions that can relate to like insecurity or jealousy or some sort of possessiveness. Again, just saying that because if those are the things that are on your mind, it's because those are the things that you're looking for more safety and security in. So instead of judging yourself with those emotions, you can use that as a guide to build a stronger relationship. And then on the first day of this month, it literally went into Sagittarius, which if you were luckily able to heal those emotions of possible jealousy or whatever or it is. Or just acknowledge them. Or just acknowledge yeah. them, right. If you were able to like sit with that with your close ones and your loved ones, then you're able to enjoy the opportunity of adventurousness when it comes to having Venus in Sagittarius. You know, you're looking forward to newness and more opportunity and more growth, but you want it because you actually are looking to the experience and not so much the outcome. Yeah, you were saying earlier how like 
Taurus is about being sensual, enjoying like the senses, like uh, as you had mentioned. Oh, maybe I'm gonna go take a walk, go smell the flowers that are still around, if there's any. I'm not sure, <laughs> or just even just admiring the leaves changing and uh, yes. the trees starting to die off. I think a lot of that has that kind of the Nine of Pentacles, like feeling kind of indulging for yourself, like taking pleasure in the small things that are around you while you work towards your goal. I think it's about where the Queen of Rods is more like the intention behind what's creating the drive for you to propel yourself forward the nine of pentacles is more of that actual putting it into practice moving slow and steady like the taurus just taking your time but being practical in the way you're applying that and how that's gonna look for you yeah and i love in the traditional rider weight card if you take a look at it for the nine of pentacles we were talking before we jumped on here about how the person in the imagery has a bird on their hand and they're kind of looking to it maybe like they can get some guidance from it and that bird imagery really connects with the scorpio becoming the phoenix the, yeah the eagle to the phoenix and you being able to look at you're only here right now you're only in this water right now you won't be in water forever you know unless you're a fucking mermaid i don't know <laughs> but you're not going to be in water forever you're going to get to the land and that bird reminds you of where you're going and that you're not trapped here. You're not trapped in this. And that's oppositions always bring us opportunities to look at things from a different perspective. Mm. And a lot of folks say the Scorpio energy is the most sexual sign. Uh, and then Taurus is more sensual. But isn't there a romance between the intertwining the, of those things that that being sexual is actually being sensual? Yes. Mm right yeah and sexual energy is creative energy I yes. mean, it's the creative life force of what brought us to this planet you know and i know for me it's been a big theme too in part of that process of sitting with myself and like healing a lot of things that have been coming up has been exploring that relationship between sexuality and sensuality and actually looking to redefine what that means for me because i think there is a very harmonious relationship between the two that when you put them together kind of births this sort of just innate natural innocence when you get mm. down to it you know yeah it's like l being feeling confident enough within your own intention to explore what sensuality means knowing that like sensuality's partner is sexuality it's what makes us who we are it's what allows us to go into the world with confidence mm. sensuality as well in the form it's it's self-love because you're mm. allowing yourself to receive that energy and like bringing it into yourself and going back to the bird imagery when i see that little bird i also think of it as messages from the universe that you're receiving and uh and the deck that i have it very much looks like almost like a yin yang like it's flowing to you so by focusing on the things that you have at hand that you already have in front of you and like just looking to that it's almost like you're drawing it to you it becomes this like vortex that's pulling everything in and i think going back to that king of cups like being able to sit with yourself long enough to get down to the root of what it is that you are maybe scared to look at and being able to fully integrate that within yourselves to to become this empowered queen of rods to be able to take that for yourself and use it as the guideline of what you are going to be creating for yourself it, it allows you to 
create this natural flow where things are flowing to you, being able to receive the messages that come from looking into the darkness, from like peeling back the skin and just really staring at the ugly pieces and integrating them for yourselves and the wisdom that comes through that. It gives you the compassion to be able to hold space for other people. It gives you the knowing to be able to provide good advice. And perspective too, you know, when I think about the small things that you can appreciate too it it's all in perspective and so this time of the year can seem very melancholy or dreary but there's so much beauty in that because one it's reflecting possibly what you're feeling on the inside it doesn't have to be an ugly thing it can actually be a beautiful thing and i think the acknowledgement of the beauty in your environment is what is going to allow your perspective to shift from oh god it's such an ugly rainy day to then thinking about what you're actually saying and how can any day be ugly when it's so diverse and so different and can look at those clouds and be grateful for the fact that they're casting a little bit of an overcast in the environment that allows for you to feel like it's okay to retreat within yourself you know sometimes when the sun is out and you're not really feeling that bright and shiny yourself you're kind of wishing for it to be cloudy right so how do you choose to embrace the cloudiness when it's there knowing that there will be some brighter days to come that you'll also have the opportunity to enjoy when it's here. And if you're in a part of the world like we are, where we are going into the darker days, there is beauty in acknowledging that everything dies and to let things die. And that by welcoming death of maybe old storylines or belief patterns or relationships that didn't work out for you or jobs or whatever's going on in your world that creates space Mm -hmm. for us to have new things start growing within the gardens of our lives and this mercury retrograde isn't gonna last forever of course with the mercury retrograde you might run into some communication problems they're likely going to have to do with how you feel so being very clear and speaking clearly about how you feel is going to help people know how to navigate this month with you and for you to be aware too that like folks might be a little more sensitive about how they're feeling and how they speak about how they feel might not come out in alignment mm-hmm. with us being in Scorpio season. We might be unearthing things that we might not feel ready for, which I love for the affirmation destination community. This is our last 30 day affirmation challenge of the year. The overarching theme is letting go which is beautiful, totally in alignment with Mm. Scorpio season. The very first affirmation for the challenge is I am ready. And I love that Hmm. because are we ever ready for anything? Really? No, no. Right. We don't, uh, you know, people never feel ready. One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was working at the very first job I ever had in a department store. And I worked with this woman who had a child and I was like 16 at the time. So I didn't, have any kids i don't have any kids now either Um, i wish i had a fur baby (laughs) but i remember asking her about her kid and being like so how did you know that you were ready to have a child and she told me carrie you're never ready to have a child you just have one and then you become ready we must do things before we feel ready we Mm. must have the conversations before we feel prepared to have them Mm. (laughs) that's awesome A big lesson from my entire life that I have come to this year, specifically around this time, has been uh, just, you know, that kind of on that note of what you're discussing. It's like I came to realize that I spent a lot of my time wanting to be very strategic with 
guarding my heart. <laughs> as mm. funny as it sounds. And I've learned in the long run that even though my intentions had been so because I was seeking some sort of an emotional comfort or security within my environment, you are never really ready. And so convincing yourself that you are mentally preparing for something that hasn't quite happened yet just causes for more disease in your daily life when you can just remind yourself that regardless of what curveballs may be thrown, you'll be ready when it happens. Mm. There's there's no preparing yourself for healing. Healing happens on a daily basis and the opportunity to heal that perspective is always at your disposal yeah. at yeah. every time. And then with like Mercury being in retrograde, something that came up was this little short, I don't know, quote, poem, whatever, I think I wrote a little while ago. <laughs> and it was just so simple. It said, thoughtfulness is enhanced mindfulness. Mm. And I think when I think of being mindful, being mindful to me means that you're very aware and you're maybe thinking about things and choosing deliberately how to go about approaching a conversation or go about how you want to bring up something. But thoughtfulness is that enhanced because you're also able to recognize that your delivery has a huge role in how your message Mm -hmm. is going to be received. Absolutely. So especially during times of Mercury being retrograde, that's another representation of that phoenix rising from the eagle. It's like having that bird eye perspective on knowing that you can be super mindful, but you can also be very thoughtful in that delivery too because if you're looking to gain some sort of clarity or reassurance from your environment, then a big part of that is also just taking into consideration that people are in different places at different times, experiencing very similar things, but differently. Mm. Yeah. Getting clear is key. Absolutely. During a Mercury retrograde more so than other times in the year, having clarity in your own intentions and in what you're trying to convey the message that you want other people to receive it all starts with you mm. and and if it gets fucked up have compassion extend grace to yourself yes. extend grace to the other person know that we're all learning through it together mm. and nothing's perfect especially text messages i think during the worst yeah right <laughs> have you ever gotten a text message where you're like someone just texts back okay and i'm like <laughs> okay bitch <laughs> like suddenly i'm like kind of pissed off at you and it's like you can do voice to text too. I don't know about you guys have like done voice to text before where yeah. I read the text that I sent someone when I was like driving or something and I sent a voice to text and I'm like, wow, I sound like an asshole because right. I didn't throw in an emoji or something like I didn't soften or create a context to paint a picture for what I was trying to say. So just having more grace for each other throughout this period will help us lean into healing and dive deeper into the water remembering that it's not going to last forever. Mercury is going to go direct in Scorpio on two days before we're going to have the sun move into Sagittarius season, which is going to lighten the mood. You know, Scorpio season has us all at our altars with our candles lit and maybe in some darkness, looking into a crystal ball, thinking about the world and our impact and the darkness of it. And then Sagittarius is just like your Sagittarius friend who opens the door and is like, I brought white claws. Anybody want a drink? (laughs) You know, and you're like, okay, you know what? I can have the magic and the depth and the beauty of the transformation. And I can also lighten up. Then we're going to have Venus, which was in Sagittarius most of the month, jump into Capricorn on the 25th. And Venus in Capricorn is self-love requiring accountability 
and saying, you know what, you can do the hard work to prove to yourself that you deserve the love that you always deserve, but maybe you need to put it into action like Capricorn energy wants you to. Maybe you need to follow through on the commitment that you make to yourself mm-hmm. so that you can love yourself more purely. Yeah, because you're living with integrity with yourself, which increases your self-worth, which increases your confidence, which makes you go out into the world more authentically. Yeah, and with more confidence in general, mm-hmm. yes, that you belong here and that you're welcome here. Yeah, you have a seat at the table and people want to hear what you got to say. Yeah, Mercury going direct being like a weight being lifted energetically where, you know, maybe that hesitation to start a conversation or to open up dialogue with something that can seem a little personal. Again, you know, Mercury also represents information. So with it going direct, it'll still be in Scorpio, which is a great time to still be mindful or thoughtful and to be able to feel like that release of that pressure to just still be very introspective and still be very aware but also feeling really good moving into that energy with the sun going into Sagittarius just two days after. So with Mm. that weight being lifted, you're now able to embrace having a nice little chunk of time ahead of you where you'll be able to reflect back on everything that you had experienced during that retrograde phase. Because with Mercury representing information, the information that will be coming through shortly after that will give you a sense of relief and joy and having this uh, positive outlook on like how you want the next month to feel and look and you know with venus right there entering capricorn like you were saying that's a great energy to be very methodical with what it is that you need to accomplish these goals we're wrapping up the year very shortly And instead of looking at it as like, oh, man, I didn't get what I wanted done. It's like, actually, I have good support on my hands right now to make these last few weeks that much more meaningful by creating and planting some seeds for what's to come. Would you say that uh, Mercury being direct in Scorpio would also make it easier to kind of open up this like box of like things that you were moving through in Scorpio season and be able to communicate it and maybe have more support behind it? maybe less hesitation we do always have support of the universe and we do always have the ability to support ourselves right we have the ability to step into the king of cups mentality the queen of wands power to ourselves but with mercury going direct in scorpio we might feel like okay i don't need to hesitate on this more or i don't need to keep rethinking or reviewing it or revisiting it i can just go okay that's what it was That's where I was, and I'm moving forward now. Mm. I'm letting go. Mm. I'm releasing any judgment of self, judgment of other, and I'm stepping forward. And all the Sagittarius energy that's coming in with Sagittarius season is here to remind you, life's a party if you want it to be. Mm. It can be as much fun as you want it to be. You can be at the DMV miserable, or you can be at the DMV doing yoga (laughs) (laughs) and yeah that's gonna freak some fucking people out freak them out yeah scorpio season baby freak them out (laughs) well to answer your question i think the word that came up to mind was clarity Mm. so yes i do think that after having experienced a retrograde phase in the depths of scorpio 
maybe there are some people who were able to sit in that time frame and kind of explore certain things and maybe felt hesitation to relay any sort of information or messages or conversations with people. But with things going direct, I think it offers a sense of clarity that what you had been sitting with, whether it had been confusion or not, was a lengthy amount of time to have felt something long enough to now understand that you gain clarity from it. Mm, beautiful. And uh, I wanted to touch a little bit on Venus. Venus is known for relationships and it's also known for financial undertakings and, and self-independence. And yeah, and it's a great time, like I said, to wrap up things in your ability to understand that your approach to how you want to view things with your finances and your self-independence and your self-leadership skills it's a great time to be able to do that and kind of break it down in a very methodical or possibly practical way that gives you the ease of knowing it is feasible and it takes dedication and it takes commitment and what better thing to commit to and dedicate to than your future in knowing that it does require little steps to get there mm. Um, so that's a great time to do that. And then as far as relationships go, I think it also applies for the same thing. If you are in a relationship, this is a great time for you to reel it back a little bit to understand that it is the small things that do count. You know, it is the, the small steps that can lead you to uh, more expansion and more harmony by paying attention to the details that will require for you to enjoy that space. Yeah, absolutely. And relationships take hard work. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. They do. At least the ones that are really worthwhile that you keep around that that will meet you in your darkness and see you and see the light that still exists in you. Even when you're feeling dark, it's hard work to have to maintain the balance. Right. Which is the memory of Libra season and what we, we all learned last month mm -hmm. together about maintaining balance and prioritizing harmony mm -hmm. for ourselves and maintaining our own peace in Scorpio season, helping us discern that's your shit. This is my shit. This is not a Venn di diagram of our shit. Okay. <laughs> it is not. Or I'm not going to let it be. And then we have, again, ending the month with a new moon in Sagittarius on the 26th, just two days before Thanksgiving here in the States. And the new moon in Sagittarius to me, I love it. I, obviously, I'm biased. I'm a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, woohoo. But it being one of the last new moons of the year, the new moon in Sagittarius is an invitation to dream, dream big. Think of the adventures that you want to go on. Where do you, what do you want to see? What do you want to learn? Sagittarius is the philosopher. Sagittarius is here to, to teach us about what's possible. Like it's ruled by Jupiter, which is all about expansion, right? Mm. Jupiter is an amplifier. So us having had Jupiter transiting through Sagittarius all year long, and Jupiter transits through each sign for about one year, which means that the last time that we had Jupiter in Sagittarius was 12 years ago, right? 12 signs ago. So we've had a lot of amplification happening for this entire year. If you're like having money problems, you're like, wow, I've had, it's been a focus is money problems. Or if I've been going through some tough things with my family or my relationships or even like we've been talking about false narratives, things that aren't true about yourself that you've been carrying. That stuff has been coming up a lot this year because it's being amplified. Mm. The new moon in Sagittarius is an opportunity to dream, to think about 
what is possible for you and what you really want. What did you learn and how can you apply it? And how will that help you continue to grow? Mm. I love new moons when they are in a fire sign because uh, new moons in a fire sign complement each other so well. Fire signs are that in initiator energy, that clean slate, that fresh start, that very passionate, let's go get this, let's go, drive. And um, that fire energy carries this vibe where you might acknowledge that maybe you made a mistake, but you don't sit in it long enough to just beat yourself up about it. You're like, oh, well, tried. I guess I got to try again harder or try differently, and I'm going to make this work. So with a new moon in a fire sign, I think it's a great opportunity to be able to view things as a clean slate and realize that like here is your perspective now to change the narrative you know regardless of what you had thought about previously it's a great time to just reorganize yourself and and re-strategize and think all right cool that maybe didn't work last month but how can i make that work this month if it's still a goal you Mm. know you still have time you'll always have the ability to do things slightly differently but a new moon is a great time for you to Maybe start writing some things down. And it's funny that I say that because I don't write anything down ever. But everyone's always like, oh, you should write down your goals. You should do this. And I'm like, yeah, sure, maybe. And you know what? I think I actually might try it this time. I think I'm going to try and really sit down that day and just kind of view this as an opportunity to do something I haven't before and view these last few weeks of the year as being an opportunity to try something differently and Yeah, that's a great time to do it. I'm actually feeling excited about it. I think I've gained so much love and knowledge and experiences this year that are giving me this feeling of wanting to be more mindful about what I want to plan for and just kind of keeping it as a little reminder. The Newman and Sagittarius, I would agree, is probably, again, biased, but (laughs) the best time of the year, the best new moon for you to put pen to paper Mm. and for you to set specific goals. If you think about the imagery of Sagittarius, it's the archer and the archer is half man, half horse, which is weird as fuck, but awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Totally reminiscent for Scorpio season where we're in the darkness and we come out of it and we're like, man, I'm kind of half animals. I'm a centaur. (laughs) That's right. I'm a centaur. Are you feeling centaured right now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe a good time too to put the pen to the paper since uh, it's about the end of the year. So perfect for the start of the year. Yeah. If you want to be centaured, y'all, you're going to (laughs) need to put pen to paper. No, for real though, get intentional. The new moon's always a chance to set goals to get clear about what you want to manifest into your life. In Scorpio season, we are being invited to go deep. We are being invited to see what shifts have happened on a psychic, mental, emotional, spiritual level and to acknowledge those and say, you know what, self? I see you. Mm -hmm. I might be sitting at a Thanksgiving table with people who don't see me, who don't hear me. I don't need their validation. Mm. I validate myself and then put pen to paper and set those goals. Yeah. It was cool hanging out with Unity the other day. He was rummaging through his belongings and uh, had like a whole bunch of different lists of goals. And I think that's what kind of just like caused me to be like, man, I should actually really do that. Because oftentimes like a lot of people that are like, you should write things down and so and so. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. 
where's your list? Oh, <laughs> well, no, this guy had like not just one list, but uh, about like three or four and like different books. And it was funny because he's like, yeah, you know, every year I just I revisit that list. And because I know that I change as a person, I'm not so set on these goals having to have been accomplished or disappointed that didn't do all of the things on that list because chances are that by the next time I write another list, it's going to be a more revised version of that previous one. And mm. in that time frame, I sit with myself long enough to ponder the thought whether those were goals or just curiosities that didn't necessarily need to be fulfilled. And I think the idea of goals just gives you a direct reflection of value. And if there's something that you value, then it will take dedication and some sort of commitment or process and yeah that's i think that's really cool i like the idea of not putting so much pressure on yourself to have to accomplish every goal you set out but i enjoy the idea of using that as a guideline to get more insight on what it is that you think you value in the moment knowing that it could possibly change it could just be one goal yeah. it doesn't you don't have to sit down and make a massive list of all the things you've ever wanted you could just set one goal. Mm -hmm. So if I could invite anybody who's listening right now to do one thing for themselves this month on the new moon in Sagittarius on the 26th, right before you're stepping into the beginning of the holiday season, is to take a moment and set one goal for yourself. One intention. Mm -hmm. One thing that you desire. It could be anything. And to not feel limited. And if more comes through you and you're flowing... Write more down. This is not an anchor. You're not trapped in the goals that you set. Yeah. Nor are you competing with yourself. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like you can write down some goals to support yourself and to support your visions and your dreams. But there's no pressure on the timeline that it might possibly take for that goal to come to fruition. I think that's even cooler is like when you rummage through your books and you're like, Oh wow, I actually did that this year. You know, mm. for me this year, actually in the very beginning of the year, I was asked, what's your goal for this year? And I was like, uh, I felt so much pressure because I'm like, it's kind of a vague question in the sense where I'm like, how do you answer that appropriately? Like, what do I want for this year? I mean, there's millions of things that I can ask for or want to accomplish, but I set out, of reasonable or what felt like a feasible goal for myself. And I remembered saying this year, I want to go to as many really cool live shows that I can go to because I'm now stepping into this age where I'm no longer really enjoying like the bar scene or the club scene. I mean, it's just for me, it's about the music. And mm. for me, it's about dancing and the relationship between music and dance. And so I said that like, yeah, I want to go to as many cool live shows as I can not really having had much experience at live venues because I always have been more of like a club kid, bar kid for entertainment. And now that I'm almost wrapping up this year, I literally have four shows to go to within the next month. And I've probably done at least 10 really amazing shows in live venues uh, this year with some of the coolest people I have been blessed to meet here in Portland and have had an amazing time being in that environment and in that space of enjoying live music and feeling the vibrations just through the air and dancing and smiling and laughing and so yeah i accomplished that one goal that i set out this year and have hit up some really awesome shows mm. shout outs to everyone that has been there with me for the party and too so good mm. i love it and the last 
big astrological event taking place in the month of November is Neptune going direct in Pisces. So Neptune has been retrograde since June, and it's now going direct. So it's about yeah, like five months. Six yeah, months? good yeah. chunk of the year, just yeah. like Pluto that just went direct last month. So we have all these retrogrades that were taking place all throughout the year have now all been relieved except for Uranus, which is still retrograde, right? So there's a lot of the going in and gathering now is the moving forward and propelling. Mm. So with Neptune being in Pisces, which is its home sign, this is collectively an opportunity for us to explore our spirituality, to explore our dreams and to call out what are the illusions that mm. are taking place that are maybe fogging our glasses so that we're not seeing as clearly. So if there are things that you hadn't felt capable of addressing or dreams that you maybe hadn't fully realized, now the pressure is kind of off. We're stepping into the direct energy of Neptune and Pisces. So let your dreams soar. Let yourself to dream. Hmm. Yeah, when I hear retrograde, my mind thinks pondering. When mm. I hear direct, my mind hears clarity. And so, you know, with that chunk of time having been in that pondering phase, like I d hadn't really known what some of those dreams were. And I think I am now gaining a little bit more perspective on things that I value and things that I look forward to. So this release of pressure of any way to figure out what those dreams and those goals are longer term, I think they're just naturally starting to make their way into my life more with more clarity as I have allowed myself to embrace those moments of pondering what those could have been. So that's really awesome for all of us to be able to experience right now coming up. Yeah. Neptune is the visionary and the dreamer, and it does go retrograde every year, and it spends a good chunk of time retrograde every year. So we get that opportunity to dig deep about what are the dreams that we have and then to jump into action. And that's where we're transitioning now. So you might not have your big dream or your big goal or vision in place yet, but rest assured that it's coming and that you will have time now as Neptune is direct to start putting pen to paper about what those dreams are, about what those goals are. And with that new moon in Sagittarius just the day before, it really genuinely is a wonderful time to get clear about what you want. And I think a lot of goal setting is focused around the specific goal, right? Like that's just a good one that I think people have at the end of the year is like weight loss, right? I'm trying to lose weight. I want to lose 10 pounds. What are you really wanting? If you're trying to lose 10 pounds, you're really wanting to feel lighter. Mm -hmm. So if you can't get to the specific goal, start with the feeling. How do you want to feel? Identify how you want to feel and that'll help guide you to what goals you have. Mm. And Neptune going direct, if you don't know what your dream is or your vision is, that's okay. What what do you envision yourself feeling if you felt the your very best right now? How would you feel? You know, for me, when I think about how do I feel when I feel my best, I feel soulful, of course. I feel joyful. I feel grateful. I feel at peace. Mm. I feel like nobody can rock my boat. Mm. That is empowering for me and if i can't put pen to paper specifically about what the goal is 
yet, that's okay. Cause I know what I want to feel and I fight for those feelings yeah. and I protect those feelings, you know, and I project those feelings. So if I'm clear about how I want to feel, that'll help me figure out what the vision is, mm. and what the dream is and what I want to bring to life. So we're going to leave you guys with that energy at the end of the month. Sagittarius season is here to remind you to laugh at yourself, to not take everything too seriously, to let that shit go, <laughs> to find gratitude, to hone in on creating space for yourself, even when other people aren't necessarily creating space for you. Because mm. you have you and you're fucking awesome. Yeah. And we're so grateful that you took some time out of your day to hang out with us. We'll be back next month with another episode. Looking forward to having the conversation continue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Love yourselves. Love each other. Enjoy what is happening. Definitely am grateful for all you listeners and looking forward to continuing this for sure with you, Carrie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you guys haven't yet, go give us some reviews. We need <laughs> reviews on iTunes. We need five-star ratings on iTunes. We need that so that people are going to see us and hear us and we can spread this message wider. Mm -hmm. So thanks, guys, for taking time out of your day to hang out with us. You're awesome. You can do hard shit. Get it. Get it. <laughs>